You're listening to the Eat with Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Neinheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. And today we want to look at the complexities of weight because um, we have a lot of experience between us working with different patients and finding out that, you know, weight loss is just not as simple as calories in and calories out. Uh, Brooke, what's been your experience and what have you seen from the patients you work with about the complexities of weight? It was actually working with patients one-on-one for weight loss, I think that kind of brought me to the place that I am today. Uh, I went into doing outpatient education and, and working with weight loss with this idea that all people had to do was do the right thing and to set their mind to it right and they could lose lose the weight for good. And what I found in my practice was that uh, there were so many people that were doing the right thing that they were eating, you know, probably not that much. I would, if we're going to talk calorie amounts, I'd say they were probably in that 1500, 1600 calorie a day range. They were counting their calories or they were doing points or they were doing whatever. Um, and they were getting regular exercise and just their weight wasn't budging or they had lost a little bit and now it had plateaued. And so what I also realized is that so many of these people, again, had that history of, of, of chronically dieting their whole lives, going on and off diets, have struggled with weight their whole lives. And so it kind of, it kind of just brought me to this place where, um, you know, I'm working with these women in their fifties and sixties and they're coming to me saying like, Brooke, you're my last hope. Like, like, just tell me what I need to eat and give me a meal plan because all I do is lose weight and gain it back and lose weight and gain it back. And I'm at my heaviest I've ever been. And can you please help me to fix this? And, you know, through, through personal experience, uh, through looking at weight science and learning more about how the body actually works and metabolisms work. Um, I just came to this place and realization that, that, you know, weight is way more complex than the calories in calories out, like you were talking about, because when we look at how our bodies respond to food intake or restriction or activity, I know some of the things we were talking about before this podcast, Jackie, that, that affect weight, um, are the following. So there is a genetic component to our weight up to 70% of people with obesity do have a genetic component to it. There's something called metabolic adaptation where our body adjusts our metabolism based on our food intake. So when we restrict our food intake, our metabolism slows down and our body doesn't always uh, bounce back from that. We actually create a slower metabolism long-term, which of course is going to affect our weight. Our hormones affect our weight, our disease states, our medications that we take, our stress, our environment, our behaviors, and our sleep. And so all of these things combined are what... (laughs) what play into um, where our weight falls and our ability to lose it or gain it. And so, so yeah, it's just, it's super complex. And I think that's something that the, the everyday person doesn't understand because I think the culture out there tells us, oh, if you just follow this diet, you're going to lose weight, right? 
all of the advertising for every single diet out there is promising guaranteed results. And we know, we know that weight loss is possible, but how sustainable is it? And I think that's what we're going to talk about today because, because yes, people can lose weight. We know that, but can they keep it off? That is, that is a much harder issue. And I think in the medical world, in the healthcare world, that's something that's still being explored is how can we keep it off of people? And is it even possible? You know, when I think of my patients, probably um, the ones that really touch my heart and, and my heart just cries out for them are the ones that, like you mentioned, they come to you and you say, I will do anything to lose this weight. You just tell me exactly what to do. I will follow it exactly. Mm-hmm. I just want to lose weight that bad. You know, we, between the two of us, I know we've seen hundreds and hundreds of patients. And one of the questions I always ask them is, okay, so tell me your weight history and tell me what was going on in your life at a time where you lost weight or at a time where you gained weight. And it's really interesting because then we see a pattern of major life changes. It really wasn't possibly the diet that made them lose weight or a change as much in their nutrition that made them gain weight or lose weight. It was major life changes. Seems like the, one of the huge ones are romantic type of uh, situations when when people get into a romantic situation, they often will lose weight or gain weight. And I think each of our bodies deals with those kind of life changes a different way, but almost always there's either a weight loss or a weight gain. And it's very interesting to look at these major life changes. And I know I can go through my own life personally. And I remember times that I went through different things in my life where I either gained five pounds or lost five pounds. There are all kinds of uh, hormones during stressful times. Um, There are all kinds of uh, times that we have uh, different kinds of uh, illnesses or there are different food environments that we're in. But I think, what do you think about these life changes, Brooke? Uh, no, I agree with that 100%. I'd say a lot of the clients that I work with um, had major weight gains uh, for one at retirement. I think that's a huge one for a lot of people. If they go from working all day and being in the structured environment and then they're retiring and now all of a sudden they have all this time to maybe maybe they're more sedentary now or maybe there's just more access to food and they find that they're grazing more or something. Uh, but I know that's a big one for people. I think it's funny that you mentioned romantic relationships because yes, um, I know myself when, when me and my husband first started dating, I lost weight. I think if I can look back on any relationship like that, it did because you know, you're, you're so in love and thinking about this other person all the time, maybe food gets put on the back burner or something. Um, but then a lot of people who get married actually gain weight after marriage and because maybe it's it's just more comfortable and you settle in um, but it's it's so interesting to see how those different factors play in there I know some people too with job changes is a big one if they go from a job where they're on their feet and moving all the time maybe they go from manual labor to a desk job huge changes in their weight at that time and so, so anytime our environment changes our schedule changes 
um, our activity changes, it's going to have some kind of effect on our, our metabolism and our body and how it chooses to utilize the energy we're eating or to store it. And so, so yeah, it's, it's really complicated. So we've talked before about as we age, you know, all these different factors kind of add up and there's a tendency then as we age for our metabolism to slow down a little bit. And so we have to slow down on our eating at the same time if we're going to maintain our weight. But you know, one thing we haven't talked about with aging is the increase in different kinds of uh, chronic diseases. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things that affect our weight, like hypothyroidism or polycystic ovarian syndrome or sleep apnea. You know, I remember working with a physician who uh, basically saw all their patients were young women or teenagers with polycystic ovarian syndrome, and they were overweight. And she wanted me to write up a diet to give these patients that they could follow. And you know, that's, I don't know, it's it, I couldn't do it. I could not go to these these teenagers and say, you can never have pasta again, and you could never have bread again, which is what this wonderful physician who was very in shape and had a great figure and had never been overweight in her life. That's what she wanted me to tell the patients. But Brooke, how do you handle a situation like that when, when um, they have some of these chronic diseases that do cause weight gain? Yeah. So a big part of what I do, I work with the type two diabetes population a lot, which again, there's always this weight component of it. And so, um, I think the way that I approach everything is I do still try to keep weight on the back burner. I don't think the focus on weight needs to be the main point. We can treat a lot of these chronic diseases without making it all about weight loss. We can manage blood sugars without focusing on weight loss. We can help the people like PCOS. When people have PCOS, a lot of them do have insulin resistance, and that's why a lower carbohydrate diet is often recommended for that. Um, but we can treat their symptoms as well without focusing on weight loss or a super restrictive diet. And so my goal as a dietitian is always to help someone come up with an eating pattern that works for them for their life that that um, isn't too restrictive, but can still help to improve their disease state or help benefit their health in some way, but in the least restrictive way possible, uh, because quality of life is important and sustainability is important. And if, you, if it's not something you can do long-term, it's not gonna work, it just won't. Um, and so I try to look at the long-term and try to make sure that I'm focusing on, um, on little things that we can help our patients with, you know, like, is there something little that we can do around their food behaviors uh, to improve whatever state they're in? And that's what I try to focus on and not make it about weight because one of the things I see when, when, we, when we make the focus on weight that, oh, if you just lose this weight, your diabetes will be better. Or if you just lose this weight, your PCOS symptoms will be better. A lot of people are super motivated by that, but they're also extremely discouraged by that because maybe they have tried to lose weight and it, and it hasn't worked for them or they've lost it and they gained it back. And so when we can take the focus off the weight and say, okay, we're not gonna focus on weight and give you a goal weight loss. It, it, it honestly, I think if it, it's like lifting a huge weight off their shoulders and I find that they're able to be like, okay, like 
maybe I don't have to feel bad about my weight. Maybe I'm not going to make all the focus on my weight. But, you know, if I can add a vegetable to each of my meals, that's something that I can do. And that's something positive that I can focus on that I know is benefiting my health. But it's not making me feel bad about myself when I can't attain this this goal that I just can't achieve for whatever reason. And so that's how I deal with the chronic illness issue. Um, I don't know if you've done anything different, Jackie, but that's how I do it. Well, you know, I think those are really good points to um, follow. And you mentioned quality of life. And when we think of quality of life in the context of a biblical umbrella, Mm -hmm. we think of God created us to love us. And when we feel loved, we feel um, accepted, Um, you know, there's a contentment that comes with that. And sometimes I think of these um, different situations, life changes in our life, and they might either make us feel more content or less content. And really, from a biblical perspective, we should get our value and our worth from God. So that means that we're not going to feel this discontent or more content based on our life circumstances, our materialistic circumstances, um, our situations of, of whether people in our life seem to love us or seem to not love us. So, you know, um, when you talk about working with people and keeping the focus off of weight, I often try to put a focus on accepting ourselves in Christ Jesus and realizing that God loves us exactly how we are. He made us and, you know, he had a plan for our lives and he knew how we were going to be. And um, I find that, that when people feel more accepting of themselves and more contentment, they're more accepting of the people around them more content with how people are around them. So they're less likely to be trying to change everything and control everything. All these situations, you put them together and it helps change our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And as we change behaviors, then right. weight um, may come off or may be maintained, which would be huge in some people's lives. Yeah, no, I think... I think coming to a place of acceptance and contentment uh, is a really important thing, um, not only for like our mindset, um, because it just, it helps us to, again, change the way we see our body and focus more on the positives rather than constantly focusing on the negatives. It also just brings us to a place of reality, like understanding that there are some things that we can control and there are some things that are out of our control and making sure that we're we're letting go of those things that we can't control and not constantly fighting against them because it's a losing battle. And so, you know, when people lose weight, they feel more loved and maybe people react a little bit more positive to them, or maybe they're just feeling that, but then the opposite happens as they start to gain weight. And if they gain the weight back, then they feel less loved, less contentment, and therefore, it seems like then the weight starts coming on even a little bit more. Yes. So, so it's, it's just this um, very vicious circle of weight loss and weight gain. And um, whenever I, I have a 
person, I'm in a group and I hear that they've lost um, 10, 15, 20 pounds, you know, because I've worked with so many patients and I see these patients on this roller coaster of, of losing weight, feeling love, feeling accepted, feeling like they're on top of the world. And then the pendulum swings probably because there's some major life change and that diet wasn't sustainable. And then they start to feel less loved, less accepted. They're down on themselves, less contentment. And um, so whenever I hear someone say they've lost weight, I actually kind of have a sinking feeling in my heart. Like, I hope you're not putting yourself worth in that, in that weight loss. Yes. Um, that external validation is such a huge component of, I think this, um, diet culture around, um, losing weight and these expectations of all of us to get down to this like ideal body size or, or look, because anytime someone loses weight, they get tons of praises, tons of praises. If you look at the people who post before and after pictures on social media, they'll have like 500 likes and all these comments of you look so great and I'm so proud of you and whatever. Um, and right. I like, like you, I get that same sinking feeling. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm first of all, I, I never, I never compliment anyone on weight loss because again, I don't want to feed that. I just don't. Um, I think there needs to be a different reason and it, it has, it can't be all about, look at me, look at me and what I've done. Um, but that's just a personal thing that I, that I deal with. Uh, but then, yeah, like, I really hope this lasts for you. And that like in one or two years, you're not posting pictures of yourself anymore because now you've gained it all back. Like, I think it's that, that harmful swing of back and forth, like you said, with this pendulum of lose weight, get all this attention and have all this compliments, have all this self-confidence. And then for whatever reason, your body gains it back, which is maybe completely out of your control. And now you're back where you were, maybe even heavier. And guess what? The compliments are no longer there. No one's commenting on you. People are probably actually internally judging you saying, wow, have you seen all the, the weight that this person has gained back? And it's just, it's just this horrible thing. And so I think we all need to remember, and, you know, especially as Christians, like, let's, let's keep our eyes off of the external. If we can keep, um, if we can keep the focus off of the external and make sure that we're not judging people based on how they look or how they weigh or how their body changes. I think we immediately as human beings go to that. We immediately go to judging someone based on that and assuming that they're maybe living an unhealthy lifestyle, right? If their body's a certain way, because that's how we would judge ourselves. It's like this internal, like we're hard on ourselves and critical of ourselves and it comes across on other people um, the same way. And so if we can learn to accept our bodies and understand that bodies are very different, they're very complex, that there's so many different factors that go into this and just have a little bit of compassion and empathy for ourselves and for other people when it comes to our bodies, it's really going to change the way culture talks about and views people in different body sizes. That is so, that is so true. And I just, um, I think that we have habits that we have been 
dealing with forever and ever. So it's hard to change those habits. If you're critical of yourself, if you're critical of others, if you're judging, and I catch myself sometimes being critical or judging. And I just want to share what I do when I find myself being critical or judgmental. I say in my head or out loud, out loud if I'm alone, I say, oh, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Take not thy Holy Spirit away from me. And that's my way of just taking a minute to uh, recenter myself so that I'm not critical and I'm not judgmental and acknowledging to God that that is a sin and that's not where I want to be. And I need to change my focus. And lots of times, it's take the focus off of the external and keep the focus on the heart. Right. Yeah. I think, I know we've talked about this uh, a few times, but yes, I think our motivations, our intentions, uh, the condition of our heart plays a huge role in, in our behaviors and how we take care of ourselves and how we see our bodies uh, and how we honor God in our, in our lifestyle that way. So no, I agree a hundred percent. So it's just been wonderful talking with you today, and um, we appreciate all your, your, the listeners. And we would love for you to make comments, uh, share our podcast, you know, let us know what other issues that you have and you would like us to um, give a professional expertise on. Mm-hmm.